0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of the hit true crime podcast, Deadly Ever After. After. Uh, my is Elizabeth, and my co-host's name is...
1: Oh, uh, I'm Harry. Harry. Sorry, uh, I uh, I thought you were going to... We practiced this before, didn't we? Uh,
0: I wanted to. We didn't practice it.
1: Oh. No. listeners
0: if you're new to the show um i host the podcast Uh, my husband harry is my co-host yep yeah i kind of present all the information um normally we just mostly cover family annihilators men who kill their wives because that's what we're interested in um and harry plays along and asks questions and yeah we have a really good time don't we harry
1: we do and this is this has been a passion project for us uh that that Mm -hmm. has really helped kind of bring together our our marriage so I really I really hope that you know the listeners when they're listening they can kind of separate the um you know some of the grisly details of of the crimes um with the uh really I guess loving bond that we have and and that there is that is separate when we're um discussing this because you know I think this can get a bit um can get a bit dark sometimes and it is it is important to just remember that this is at the end of the day this uh, podcast is saving our marriage. So, so no, say, not saving, but whoa, I, help I helping our marriage. So, yeah,
0: it is uh, a fun thing that we can do together that is free. So, um, yeah, that's great. So, if this is your first episode, thank you for joining us on our journey, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, Harry, today our case is something. Not a little different, but definitely a little darker and a little more disturbing uh, than what we're used to. Um, it's it's American and it's takes place in the 1980s. Um, mm-hmm. it often goes by the name of the Mockinghill Murders or the Santa Claus Slayer. Do either of those sound um, familiar to you?
1: Um, no. I mean, yeah. I've never Good. I'm not aware yeah
0: cool um that's great i love i love just explaining things from the jump so uh without further ado listeners harry our case today is that of ronald gene simmons on may 9th 1934 loretta and william simmons were married in chicago illinois within a month of the wedding i thought loretta
1: you said it was robert gene simmons are you getting the names mixed up
0: no these are his i'm getting these are his parents i'm giving oh, a little background sorry. yeah within a month of the okay. wedding loretta became pregnant with her first child robert who was born on march 5th 1935
1: what uh, you might want to go back and record that it's robert Jane simmons
0: no 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 the brother the older brother is robert our character is ronald i'm getting there just relax oh okay one year later loretta and william divorced and during their time apart loretta graduated from college the pair remarried in 1939, and their second child, Ronald Gene Simmons, was born six weeks prematurely on July 15th, 1940. Doctors would later say that um, his premature birth is what made him weird, but Harry, you were premature, so to that I say phooey. Um
1: Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, if, if six weeks makes you weird, then 18 weeks in my case is going to make you pretty weird, and that didn't affect me at all, you know?
0: yeah exactly so two years later they're... i
1: mean yeah i probably i'd be taller if i if uh, i had to
0: not necessarily in... though because your dad is not tall and your mom like, your mom's large but she's not tall she's like she you know she's like, big, she's strong but she's not tall
1: oh wow well, yeah yeah my grandma was huge though she was she towered over me which side No, maternal. Yeah, you didn't get to meet her. No,
0: that's sad. I'm sure she would have loved me. Two years Mm. later, their third child, a girl named Nancy, was born on February 4th, 1942. One year later, William Simmons died of a stroke while at work. Sad. Loretta Mm. was left as a single parent, saddled with three small children. Robert was eight, Jean was three, and Nancy was less than a year old. What a nightmare. So in October of that same year, Loretta married her second husband, William Davenport Griffin. Um, and if people want to say, like, judge her and say that that's really quick, you have to remember, mm, this is a, a, now a single mother saddled with three children in the 40s. It's like not a great position to be in. So she had to strike while the iron was hot.
1: Yeah, got to gotta hit your wagon to something, you know?
0: Yeah, because women, you know, they didn't make a lot of money back in the day. So she really, you know, she had to move. So good for her. She got it. She had to. But, she had to get somebody to provide and she did. They had one child together, a boy named Peter, who was born in May 1945. Uh, Loretta became pregnant again in November of that year, so really just back to back. Uh, and she gave birth to twins, although sadly they were still born.
1: Well, that's all right, though. Why, why is it sad? They're, they're born, right?
0: Because they were still born, Harry.
1: Oh, what What does that mean?
0: It means uh, your baby's dead when you give birth to it.
1: Oh, yeah. right, that's... Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, pretty. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah,
0: it's pretty sad. So, but I mean, so that's one baby, but she had twins, so she had two dead babies.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a. Yeah, this is a. This is horrible. Yeah. Well,
0: this isn't even the bad part. You just, (laughs) you just wait.
1: Oh, I thought. Okay.
0: Yeah. No. Jeans. Oh, that's
1: not the. That's not the crime.
0: No, having a stillborn child is not a crime. Just a tragedy. Just further proof that God is a man. Gene's stepfather wow. worked for the Army Corps, and the family moved to Little Rock, Arkansas in 1946. Five years later, the family moved to a suburb of Little Rock, and by this time, Gene Simmons, not the guy from Kiss, was 10 years old. He was a peculiar, friendless child, and his loneliness manifested in the brutal bullying of his youngest sibling, Peter. His behavior was uncontrollable and it began to escalate. Uh, I, think he be- I think he became like violent, um, it's thin- thinly bailed. His parents sent him to a Catholic boarding school in 1953. And you can only imagine uh, what horrors occurred there. Uh, but Jean convinced his mother to let him come home after only a few months away. Back under his parents' roof, Jean was violent and he threatened uh, both his mother and stepfather. And even though he was only 14 he was taller and stronger than either of his parents so i think they were pretty freaked out i would be so pissed by the way if i had a stepkid who was like a psycho you know, it's like this isn't even my kid like what a bummer you know what i mean
1: yeah 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 that would be yeah that'd suck
0: um
1: i mean even if it was your kid you'd be like there's the door
0: no you would you
1: uh depending how you know yeah don't wanna, you don't want to do chores to get pocket money so yeah
0: that's like, pretty intense so, Harry.
1: yeah that, that did sound a bit harsher huh?
0: I've never heard you talk like this this is crazy
1: yeah no I'm just yeah you'd kick
0: them. our child out if it didn't want to do
1: chores well yeah I, I mean. Yeah, that I mean, that would be the the straw that broke the camel's back. But if you know, if it wasn't participating and helping us, and if it was you know, threatening another of our children, then I think it's time that it you know, yeah, that's yeah, it, that's yeah. terrible.
0: That's terrible parenting.
1: Ter- oh, you think?
0: Yeah, I do.
1: Well, what would you do?
0: I, take it Just to therapy like a normal part like get it help be like hey what's wrong with you like ask it
1: well yeah i'm assuming you know we we do you know we would get joyce involved if if that you know if we had a no kid jo- no that.
0: no no joyce is not licensed for that you have to get like a special like child psychologist
1: so then we'd have to pay for like a third appointment
0: well yeah if your kid's that fucked up money's not going to stop you from helping them
1: Mm. yeah but i mean yeah we would try to we would try to fix the issue first but then if if the, you know if the yeah they're still not still not willing to take out the trash it's like it's living with us would not be for them
0: i am i am speechless
1: i mean this is a last resort i maybe the chores thing i'm getting a bit that sound that is sounding a little a little full-on but it's, as a last resort i think it's totally okay to say look please change your name please move out you're no longer our son or daughter some kids need change that.
0: your was, name
1: some kids need that i was watching a documentary the other day about like um, scared
0: straight is not a documentary by the way i can see what you're watching on discovery plus and uh scared straight not a documentary so
1: oh really i thought it was a i thought it was like reenactment of
0: no it's reality television which I, you have taken great pains to explain to me is not a documentary so here i am using your own logic against you
1: okay look i just i just wish you wouldn't i wish you wouldn't you know just track what i'm watching all the time It's that's private
0: how is that private
1: well, I don't probably. You know what I mean.
0: Be sure you like watched. I'm your wife. Like, like what are you high? You don't want me to see what what History Channel content you're watching.
1: Well, no, it's just, it's embarrassing sometimes. You know, what if I want to try? I want to try to, you know, like that time I watched the black pink documentary, and you thought I was this fucking weirdo because I, you know, I was just curious about this, you know your obsession with
0: k-pop is weird that's weird you're you're a man in his 30s a grown man and you like k-pop that is fucking weird
1: i um am cu- i'm i'm k-pop curious i wouldn't even say wow. i like okay. it i just okay. want to learn more because it's so it's so it's a phenomenon around the world and that's that's it
0: i think you're a weird perv and you like to watch korean teenagers prance around in costume that's what i think that's why i think you like k-pop I bet you honestly, so now, I bet you watch the videos on mute. That's like, you're having a listen Yeah. Cause I don't
1: want I don't want to wake you up from your si- siestas.
0: You just wear headphones. Like I asked you to
1: I irritate my ears.
0: That's cause you overclean your ears. Your mom like did never taught you properly how to use Q-tips. You're not supposed to clean your ears every single day.
1: Just feel, I just feel dirty without doing that.
0: Well, that's the psychological issue of yours. In September 1957, Gene Simmons dropped out of high school and joined the Navy with the help of his parents who were eager to get rid of him. Okay, so a couple of Harrys for parents this guy has. Harry, Mm -hmm. honestly, take notes because this is what's going to happen if you kick our kids out of the house just for being, you know, a little rebellious.
1: Okay. Simmons was... I've I've noted that you think that Gene Simmons is just a little rebellious. So let's see if these words come back to bite you. And if you're, you're the one who is eating the humble pie.
0: Simmons was stationed in Bremerton, Washington, directly across the Puget Sound from Seattle. On weekends, Gene attended USO dances. At one dance, he met a woman named Bersabe Rebecca Ulibari. Becky, as she was known, was born in New Mexico and had grown up with an abusive stepfather after her biological father abandoned the family. Because she came from a very unstable home life, she moved around a lot uh, during her teenage years. Despite this, Jean and Becky were able to forge a relationship after their initial meeting, and they kept in touch via letters for two years as Becky bounced around between Chicago and Texas. Jean proposed to Becky, and the pair were married on July 9th, 1960. And this, to me, is the first red flag. You cannot marry someone based upon letters that they wrote you because they can be telling you literally anything it is so easy to hide who you are on paper mm. you know
1: true and it's a, i mean it's a little bit like um dating apps you know You right you know, you can get this is like the old 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 uh old school version of getting catfished
0: no not exactly because he's not pretending to be someone he's not but i the dating app um, allegory is accurate because it's like imagine just marrying someone after two years of just like message messaging them on a on a dating app true you never lived true. with them you don't see the how they like treat service people like you know what i mean
1: right red flag right.
0: uh they relocated to new mexico and becky but, i
1: mean just to, i mean this you're gonna know where i'm going with this but it's that that is just your specific example of treating service people to a certain um standard that you know subjective standard that you have but you know where I'm going with this obviously sometimes it is okay to complain at a restaurant
0: uh there is a difference between complaining and being a habitually terrible tipper um that I do think is pretty embarrassing so you know, if something's wrong with your order, you can be really polite and send it back. Although, of course, everyone knows in America, if you send your food back, they absolutely are spitting on it. Um,
1: they, did, I, they didn't do that. I mean.
0: No, they're doing they're, that. They're, they're doing that. Everyone knows. Ryan Reynolds literally made a movie about how they're doing that. And worse. They're doing worse to your food than that. They relocated to New Mexico and Becky quickly became pregnant with her first child, a son they named Gene Jr., and now, unfortunately, um, Becky is really stuck because once you have a child with someone, you're basically fucking chained to them forever. Um, so that sucks. In 1963, Gene quit the and navy. Chained
1: chain to the child forever, as well, according to you.
0: Well, yeah. No, if you have a baby, Harry, that's your responsibility. I don't know why you think this is such a fucking crazy opinion that I hold.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If the you know, from in most of the case, but cases, but. You know, if you have a a little ingrate, then at a certain point in time, it's like you have to go and forge your own way if you're not going to respect this house.
0: I, I just fundamentally could not disagree with you more. Like, I really... It's as the listeners will know, it's a touchy subject that we don't have any kids, but honestly, I'm feeling relieved. I want to
1: have kids. You just want to be clear.
0: You cannot be allowed. I won't let you after learning this about you.
1: I'm just, I need to, I'm just not. You can't just give up on
0: them. You cannot give up on them. That's not an option if you have kids. They're yours forever, whether they're fuck ups or not.
1: I think sometimes it's an option,
0: it's literally never an option. Where do you think they go after that? Like, do you think they just disappear? Like they, you know, you know, all the homeless people that you, that you lock the car doors when they, you know, come up to the window and ask for a little bit of change. That's who they become.
1: I don't lock the door. I just, I just grip the handle.
0: I It's so, what do you think they're going to do to you? You're in a car.
1: I don't think you, you know, give me viruses or something what yeah you stick by your kids like i've always said you always stick by your kids but there is a point where you have to say that's it but hopefully that would never i don't think that would ever come up so i'm i regret even saying that you know i would kick our kid out of the house for for not doing the dishes because that's not that's inaccurate that's ludicrous that's what
0: it's literal lunacy
1: okay so we just keep we just keep a, okay all right, we, I have to think about this and come, come up with a better argument, but let's, let's chat about this later. Okay. In
0: 1963, Gene quit the Navy and joined the Air Force, where he remained gainfully employed for the next 18 years. Throughout his career, he earned numerous medals and awards. That same year, 1963, Gene began emotionally abusing Becky. He degraded her and tightly controlled all their income, so she was completely dependent on him. She was forced to produce receipts for every single thing she bought. Oh, that would drive me fucking crazy. Unfortunately, Becky was pregnant with the couple's second child at this time. And in October 1963, she gave birth to a girl named Sheila Marie. So listeners, as you can tell, it ain't going to get better from here. By all accounts, Sheila was Jean's favorite child, a bias he did not even attempt to hide. Becky became pregnant again almost immediately. And in January, 1965, the couple's third child, a son named William Henry was born. So just to reiterate, they had three kids in four years. Uh, two years later, Gene Simmons re-enlisted in the Air Force and served in Vietnam for 13 months. Before he left, Gene moved his family back to Washington State from New Mexico because Becky's parents were living in a small town there so Jean bought a trailer and he drove Becky and the kids up from New Mexico. He parked the trailer in the field next to his in-law's house and put it up on cement blocks. So no one could move the trailer while he was overseas. He mailed Becky the bare minimum amount of money she needed to feed the kids. And he paid the rest of their bills via checks mailed from Vietnam. Bizarre, so, Very bizarre, right? So during this time, Becky was saddled with four kids and she had no mode of transportation. She didn't have a license, a driver's license, or a car.
1: Look, I, I want to say like, because listeners might might be might remember that you know that we have a spreadsheet that you've you know you track our expenses. Oh on my like,
0: god! Yes.
1: No, but no, but this is like this. That's that's being responsible in yeah. my view. Yes. But yeah. this, but then there's there's being responsible, and then there's just being like, a, you know, controlling. Psychopath really. Yeah. Yeah. Jinx.
0: Got you're me. Sp- you're supposed to say Jinx. Uh Jinx. Okay.
1: Well, can we redo Holy. that again? No, we can't. Jinx.
0: Gene Simmons returned home in 1968 and promptly moved his family to San Francisco. Becky became pregnant yet again. again. So her, her only break in pregnancy is when he's shipped off to war. So just let that sink in. Uh yeah, I think she's... you
1: missed uh, I think you missed it. I just jinxed you. What? Uh sorry, no never mind. What? I'll get it next.
0: Their fourth child was born in July 1970. They named their daughter Loretta May, uh, after Jean's mother who had died that year. Uh let's cut to three years later. Gene's employed by the Air Force and he was stationed in England. Uh mm-hmm. he moved the family over to join him, and while living there, Becky gave birth to their fifth Chief child. Fifth child, Jinx. Fifth, but that's not how jinx works.
1: What, you s- say the same word as someone else and then you jinx them.
0: Well, you just say it at the same time. You're just like a weird echo to my to my <laughs> reading. A son named Edward Davenport. It is at this point that Gene began brutally beating Becky. Uh his emotional abuse finally escalated to physical after 14 years of marriage. So Pretty sad shit. Mm. The Simmons lived unhappily in England for the next three years until Gene was transferred again, this time to the very small village of Cloudcroft, New Mexico. And it was around this time that Gene's behavior became stranger yet. He began hoarding massive amounts of paper, uh, mostly newspapers and magazines. He kept a file of articles about servicemen who murdered their families as well as stories about incest. Um, And he kept all this stuff like really meticulously organized and filed away so his family wouldn't find them. And he also took up um, photography as a hobby. And he took literally hundreds of photos of his children, especially his second child, Sheila Marie. And that's also kind of an intense hobby because at this time it's um, it's 1973. So
1: probably had need your own dark room and
0: right you have to like develop it so it's like you know it's kind of expensive
1: yeah whereas i mean obviously like yeah like no one's gonna bat an eyelid if you're taking thousands of pictures of of your starbucks coffees because that wow that's like social media general like things just i took so
0: one photo and it's not even about the photo harry it's about the funny caption because i am a witty person
1: yeah yeah i mean it was it was pretty funny but I don't know like
0: oh, no it obviously it's like eating away at you because you've brought it up for the last I don't know, couple months mm. pretty controlling harry yeah. what are you a regular uh, ronald gene simmons married four years 10 years you're gonna start beating me
1: no 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 it's not nothing like that. It's just yeah yeah no it's just just pointing out the differences in the you know in the culture more than anything you know like
0: whatever but, okay. um, Gene's children understood his abusive behavior and watched him terrorize Becky, which is really great for kids to see. Um, As a result, they tended to pull away from him, of course, and feeling rejected by most of his family, uh, Gene showered all of his affection onto Sheila. He spent more time with her than the rest of his kids, um, and he kept her photographs separate from those he took of his other children, which is a little weird. And he loved photographing her while she was in the bath, even though she was 10 years old at the time, which is uh, Mm -hmm. a little old to not be um, in the bathroom by yourself. You know? Mm.
1: Basically. Yeah. That's that's not good. No. In
0: 1976, Becky gave birth to the couple's sixth child, a daughter named Marianne. Three years later in 1979, they had their seventh child, uh, another daughter named Rebecca Lynn. yeah, these well, he they're southern. they're you know, he's he's a southern boy. Just to reiterate, Becky and Jean had seven children in nineteen years. Pretty insane.
1: I mean, hats off to Becky just for
0: I know. I know. but Impressive. it's fun it's funny that you say that because apparently, being pregnant with her last child, Rebecca Lynn, had taken a serious toll on Becky's body. Um, There had been complications during the birth and afterwards doctors strongly recommended that she get a hysterectomy. Um, And Becky agreed. She was like, yep, I don't, tie me up doc. I don't want any more kids. Um, Mm. But at that time in 1979 in America, doctors needed her husband's permission to perform the surgery. And being the piece of shit that he is, Gene Simmons initially did not consent to it. He was like, no, I kind of want to have more kids. Um, yeah, but after Becky like begged him profusely and doctors basically told him, they were like, if your, do- if your wife has another child, she, she will die. Um, mm-hmm. He eventually agreed. So Becky gets her tubes tied in 1979. Uh, the next year, Gene was preparing to retire from the Air Force. Um, and he had been really uncompromisingly cheap for most of his adult life, right? Sending Becky mm-hmm. the bare minimum, paying all the bills, like real penny pincher. Um, But despite that, he had actually fallen victim to like some compulsive shopping habits over the last like four years, and he had fallen into credit card debt. Um, He had also developed a really crazy habit of taking out bank loans under false information, like he would uh, inflate his salary and tell the bank, you know, oh, I make 80 grand a year. So they'd give him kind of a bigger um, loan than they would give someone who was making whatever he made, like 50 grand, who knows um and also at this time after becky got her surgery their marriage really broke down um since gene desperately wanted more than seven children and becky obviously couldn't give him any so apparently their one like bonding thing was getting pregnant i i I don't know um
1: and it does you know apart from one kid it sounds like he was like pretty negligent to yeah, kids anymore anyway, sizes. So
0: yeah, every e- they have seven. He likes one. The other six hate him because they watch him viciously beat the shit out of their mother. Yeah. And by by all accounts, it's like a good mother and like nice person. So Gene loses all sexual interest in Becky, though he still did want to like exert control over her entire life. Um and Gene had suffered from compulsive masturbation since teenagehood. And the problem, he had never like sought treatment for it. So it's just something he kind of kept as like a secret, weird, gross habit uh, his whole life. And 1980 was also the year that Sheila Marie turned 17. And she was like kind of developing into a, you know, a young woman looking less like a child as women are wont to do at that time. Mm. And Jean immediately began showing her an inappropriate level of affection. Um. At the same time, the emotional abuse he showed the rest of his children intensified and he was hardest on his oldest child and namesake, Gene Jr. Apparently, he ordered all his kids to perform endless manual labor around the house, including digging deep ditches on the property like for no reason. Um, I think like he made them like haul rocks across the property for no reason, just like pointless bullshit. Um, And only Sheila was, uh, she was the only one that didn't have to do Like these chores, um, which probably made the other kids resent her, I'm sure. But life was no picnic for Sheila Marie because Jean would book weekend trips away for just the two of them, leaving Becky and the rest of the kids at home. And when they would go away, Jean forced his adult daughter to share a bed with him, saying it was the cheapest option. Though, of course, uh, he did it for more nefarious reasons. And during one trip, Jean forced Sheila to have sex with him. Mm. Sheila reportedly wept afterwards because she had been a virgin. And Gene tried to rationalize his actions by telling her that, quote, this is what families who love each other do. His favorite treatment of Sheila escalated after this trip. He would pick her up from school while leaving his other six children behind to wait for the school bus. He was mm. picking her up alone so he could rape her in the back of their van uh away from the prying eyes uh, of, of becky because becky did not know and Sheila well, makes sense yeah i mean you know if she had known she would have done something but sheila was yeah. powerful i mean it makes
1: sense why he didn't pick he didn't pick up the other kids now
0: i don't know i don't he...
1: agree with it i don't think it's a good idea of course but... wow okay that yeah, because i was it's... thinking why why not pick have a couple of them in the car you know like and then yeah obviously he's got
0: Well, it's not a space issue. He could fit all of them in the car. He's just, he's a fucking creep, a rapey creep.
1: Yeah. And you know, all that thing about getting the kids to do the manual labor around the, I mean, that is giving me pause to reconsider my hardline stance about kids doing um, housework, but I I do think that kids do need to do housework, but you know, yeah, Maybe but like
0: taking out the recycling or like, you know, yeah. walking the dog or something. I don't know.
1: Not pushing boulders around the backyard or whatever he was doing.
0: Yeah, for no, for no, it's basically CrossFit. By September, well, this, you
1: know, i um, um, you know, I don't, I'm getting into CrossFit. So it's
0: what you're not, you've been doing jumping jacks in the garage. I can't really, you can't call that getting into CrossFit.
1: Uh, haven't you noticed a difference in, my energy levels and
0: no by september of the same year becky finally realized what Jean was doing to sheila but tragically she was too afraid of her husband to confront him becky said something to him that got him to stop raping sheila we don't know what but he did continue to like shower her in affections that were wildly inappropriate for their relationship i mean like their father daughter relationship not their romantic relationship Gene continued to emotionally abuse Sheila by insisting that the incest was their little, little secret and that he did it to, quote, protect her.
1: How does that work?
0: I, I don't uh,
1: maybe he's thinking protect her from all the manual labor, like the crushing rocks and digging holes and stuff that...
0: I, no, that I, he's probably saying like I did it to protect her from like all the bad guys out in the world who would hurt her like you know what i mean like i feel like fucked up fathers do that sometimes they're like i'm i love you i like you're way safer with me than like some fucking like football player that just wants to like you know have sex with you in the back of his trans am even though it sounds amazing compared to the life sheila's actually been living you know what i mean yeah now liberated from her sexual abuse at least sheila focused on school and was actually a remarkable student uh, she received accolades and awards. But tragically, she realized that she was pregnant in March of 1981 with her father's baby. Ugh. The incest had started in August 1980 and had stopped sometime before March 81. Sheila had never been to see a doctor, but she was far enough along to know like what was wrong. She told her father like i think in um, may of that year and it was right when prom was coming up at her high school and he forced her to go
1: uh and he would oh no he was he went with her as a date
0: no he didn't but he bought oh. her a dress that like highlighted her baby bump in like uh. another weird show of control and like forced her to wear it and he dropped her off at the prom and then came home and immediately told becky of what was going on about what was going on uh, uh, sheila did decide to keep the baby although we don't know if she was even given the option of abortion uh, and Gene doted on her like an expectant husband he accompanied her to all her doctor's appointments and bought her like pregnancy books and books about na- like baby names and all this bullshit so pretty insane
1: yeah yeah that's not good
0: no But I also think that just like highlights his like mental instability because he, you know, like he thinks he's killing it, right? Like he thinks he's doing a great job. So just keep that in mind.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: The Simmons's oldest child, Gene Jr., had already moved out of their house by by this time because, you know, his father was just horrifically abusive to him. So on a visit to her brother's apartment, Sheila confided in her brother that she was pregnant by Gene. And horrified, Gene Jr. immediately reported it to DHS, uh, which triggered an investigation into the Simmons family. Which, Good. yeah, all, all working as it should there. And a social worker, like, cornered Sheila at school and kind of, I think, caught her off her guard and interviewed her, and Sheila panicked. So she told the caseworker, like, the whole story. And then DHS questioned Gene, who, like, lied through his teeth about the incest and he told them that he and becky were planning on raising sheila's bastard child which i i think he must have said like you know she's pregnant out of wedlock with some boyfriend i don't know what he told them but ultimately dhs decided not to prosecute gene which is crazy but they did force him to go to counseling with his wife and his youngest children spoiler alert doesn't do any good and news of the sexual abuse spread like wildfire through Cloudcroft. On June 17th, 1981, uh, Sheila gave birth to a healthy girl named Sylvia Gale. Soon afterwards, the sheriff began coming to the Simmons house unannounced. He tried speaking to Sheila, but she just remained completely loyal to her father. Um, and the sheriff's interest in their business spooked Jean. And after a couple of weeks, he he panicked, too. And he packed up Sheila, uh, the baby Sylvia, and his two youngest daughters, Marianne and Becky, uh, into a van. And he drove from New Mexico to Ward, Arkansas. He drove fully across the country. And Gene had always dreamt of returning to the place that he grew up and of buying his childhood home for his own large family to live in. The fact that he did it just to, like, evade arrest was merely convenient timing. And it was reported that Gene took the two youngest girls with him as a sort of like insurance policy to prevent Becky from reporting him to the police or like telling the police where he was. Like, I think he did it. So Becky would obviously try to get her two children back because Becky's normal and she loves her children. Hmm. You know what I mean? So he kind of did this weird manipulation Hmm. thing. Um, And Becky remained in New Mexico with the four other kids for a couple of days Like when her eldest son, Gene Jr., just was like, you know what, you got to pack up and and leave. And he tried to convince her to leave his father, but Becky just refused. She claimed that Gene was a good provider and that she could help him, quote, get better. So she's like a pretty battered wife at this time. She, you know, Mm. has no confidence to leave, which is pretty sad. Mm. But also, understandable because, you know, she married him when she was really young, so it's like she's never, like, held a job or been independent, so...
1: And she has some, so many kids.
0: And she has so many kids. Yeah. yeah. So poor Becky. Becky's really the, the victim of one of many victims of this story. But yeah, basically Becky eventually packs up the other four kids. She drives car, cross country and she meets Jean at the rental house that he found in Ward. They put Jean junior in charge of selling their new Mexico house since Gene refused to contact anyone who was still in New Mexico, even realtors, because he was so paranoid about getting caught on any of the three arrest warrants um, that were out for him. So the Simmons family really just kind of goes about getting set up in ward. Gene got a job at a VA hospital in Little Rock, and he enrolled his children in public school. But he was convinced that the police were coming to arrest him at any moment, so he never allowed Becky or the kids to like pull the shades up in their house. They stayed in complete darkness. He didn't allow his kids to go and come from school without his accompanying them because he didn't want them talking to like strangers or the neighbors. So I think like they're the weird family in town. You know what I mean? They move, they don't talk to anybody. Like they're, you know, there's a million kids. They're just, I think they, they're they weird, you know? He, Gene temporarily did stop beating Becky. At this point, in an attempt to kind of redeem himself, but it was too late. Uh, His kids already really hated him, you know, thought he was a bastard. Gene Jr. managed to sell their house in New Mexico, and it sold for $35,000. And Gene used the money to install a pool at their rental house in Ward, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then that same year, Loretta, his, I think, fourth kid, maybe, or fifth, who knows, uh, she turned 12 and by then Jean was fully attracted to her but uh. fortunately loretta no loretta was bolder and more outspoken than her sister and she told becky all about if Jean was trying to molest her she like you know she she ratted him out which was great um so mm. he was unsuccessful and so foiled in his urges Jean continued forcing himself upon sheila who was now 18. He enrolled her in a business school that was close to the Air Force base. After they moved, uh, he quit the VA hospital and he he uh, gets in, he enrolls at an Air Force base, gets employed rather. Um, and he insisted on like picking Becky up and dropping her off at school as a way for the two of them to spend even more un- uninterrupted time together. So Sheila, just poor Sheila, you know? Mm-hmm. While at school, Sheila met a man named Dennis McNulty. And Sheila liked him, but she initially felt too awkward and embarrassed about her sexual history to say anything to him, which I think is perfectly understandable. And around Christmas 1983, she realized she was pregnant again with another one of her father's children. Oh, no. Apparently, yeah, this whole time he's still raping her. I warned you, Harry, this is a pretty dark one. Mm. But having narrowly avoided arrest in New Mexico, Gene knew that a second pregnancy would, was bound to attract the attention of local police. So he quietly made an appointment for Sheila at the local abortion clinic. And no one else in the family was ever aware that this had happened. Sheila remained going to school and eventually she and Dennis kind of slowly forged a relationship by spring 1984 she had begun dating Dennis seriously, although Gene was still attempting to, like, force himself on Sheila, but she, but she had enough personal strength that she was able to reject him. Gene was enraged that Sheila had found, like, a, you know, a serious boyfriend, so he abruptly ended the lease on their rental house and he moved his family to Dover, a small town 90 minutes west of Ward. Um, in hopes of separating Sheila and Dennis, that's how like he's like basically a, like a like a crazy lover.
1: and Just to, to remind a house listeners, house. he's her father.
0: Well, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I don't think the listeners have forgotten that. It's pretty disturbing. Jean bought a house that was two old trailers meshed together that didn't have a telephone because remember it's the 1980s. It didn't have indoor plumbing, running water, or heat. It did sit on 13 acres of land that was surrounded by a towering fence and littered with garbage, you know, spare parts, old lumber, and abandoned cars. So really charming. The family would later. Oh, christen-
1: oh that's sarcasm. All right.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Correct. Okay. The family would later christen the place Mockingbird bird Hill. This purchase drove Jean even further into debt and it also further deteriorated his mental state. He would not allow the family to leave the house for any reasons other than trips to the laundromat and the grocery store he was i mean
1: that i mean to be fair if you're leaving that house you 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 could be stepping in garbage or getting like it sounds it sounds like a war zone just that that property oh well they
0: still had to no the kids still had to do manual labor on the property but yeah so nice try harry but you can't defend him on this
1: one no i'm not trying come on
0: sounds like you're trying to uh, he was hired as an industrial cleaner at a pickle factory, earning four sixty seven an hour. Can you imagine? Wow! And his family slowly began starving. I
1: mean, that is his one redeeming feature. He does have a decent work ethic.
0: Yeah, but he uses it to like terrorize everyone. You know, he he hoards on. The- yeah. Yeah. Right. His family slowly began starving because his salary simply could not feed the mouths of 10 people. He stopped giving Becky grocery money. Yeah, mostly because he couldn't afford it. But he also told her that the kids would subsist on the free lunches that they received at school. He's like, oh, they get one good meal at school. It's all they need. You know, kids, they're growing. They don't need a lot of food. Um, And
1: keep in mind, this is, you know, the United States in the 80s. So it's probably like sloppy joes and a hot dog. Yeah, not very nutritional. Yeah. You know, you know.
0: yeah. I mean, they don't serve salads as a, uh, you know, the school lunch.
1: No. no. Like even even, you know, I've heard the horror stories you've told me that, but when you get school lunches and they didn't, you know, they didn't have like things that you liked and stuff like that. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is one of the reasons that I developed an eating disorder. Yes. The trauma of the public school lunch.
1: Mm. Right. Yeah, After- like where, you know, there's no kale yeah the fuck, you know?
0: well now when you say it like that it makes me sound like a bitch
1: no no but it's like would it kill them to put kale in it for once and they they didn't do that at all not just kale but other foods that you you know that you you've come to need They like, you they didn't do any of that
0: i do need kale. Uh, told I'm,
1: you yeah
0: yeah my acupuncturist said i i need it
1: right right
0: wow you couldn't sound any more sarcastic
1: no well i just no i'm thinking you know maybe we shouldn't take dietary advice from our acupuncturist someone who's just we pay to stick needles in in us like do they really know anything about the food pyramid probably not
0: yes he's a genius don't talk shit about my acupuncturist
1: you've been going there a lot recently yeah
0: it's well because it's all related harry like diet and skin and exercise like
1: Mm.
0: yeah i I think you resent it because you don't understand it that's what i think after a few months gene was fired from the pickle factory mostly because he was an alcoholic somehow he managed to collect unemployment which Typically, you don't receive if you're fired, but that did keep the family afloat through the winter, and in April of the next year, two of his kids got jobs at Hardee's, the fast food restaurant, and Jean got another factory job at Del Monte, and they make like canned tomatoes and shit, I think. On May 5th, 1984, Dennis proposed to Sheila after two years of dating, and they became engaged. When Gene found out, he was furious since he believed that Sheila was romantically in love with him, her father. What? Yeah. He quit his job and bought a gun from Walmart. Realizing he couldn't quite afford to be unemployed, Gene hastily found another job at the local mini-mart where he would be employed until December 1987. What happened then? I'll get to it. Oh. It's not good. At the same time, Gene Jr. had been married and he, his wife had just had a baby and the couple's other son, Billy, had moved out of their house, out of Mockingbird Hill, and Sheila's planning her wedding to Dennis. So these are just a lot of uh, inevitable life changes, which were proving to be too stressful for Ronald Gene Simmons, who reverted back to his classic emotional abuse of his family, specifically Sheila. He told her that Dennis could not provide for her or love her as much as he did. Um, which was, of course, untrue. Dennis wound up...
1: Even if it was true, you're dead.
0: Yeah, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Dennis wound up paying for their entire wedding out of his pocket. Uh, Gene had initially offered some money, but because he's um, manipulative and abusive, then he would withhold it. And, you know, Uh, but I think Dennis was a really classy guy because I don't think he would have accepted the money. He knew Sheila had told him all about what, uh, gene had done to her so i think he re- he had a real like low tolerance for this guy and oscillating between extreme depression and just like rage gene reverted to his compulsive masturbation habit and he rarely left his bedroom he and becky had separate bedrooms of course they haven't had sex in like a decade and he was just hoarding food and masturbating in there and no one was allowed to come in mm. the family were yeah. barely surviving and i
1: mean this is before this is before we had it decent porn as well so it's not like
0: well i think he's masturbating to photos of sheila
1: right well i don't think that's decent porn personally like
0: well yeah yeah child porn. Yeah. great glad we have you on record saying that harry thanks so much
1: well oh no i thought i just i want to make it clear for the viewers because i said he didn't have decent porn and you said oh no but he had these photos of his kids and I, I don't think that's good well, no, oh, that's I, just to...
0: I meant like you made it sound like oh he doesn't even have like Pornhub and it's like I I'm saying like yeah Playboy magazine was around by now but he's not even doing that he's not interested in normal porn he's like you know he's he he's only interested in his daughter which is like ugh Blah.
1: yeah the family and he's eating at the same time he's like that's just yeah yep. you have to separate that that's gross yeah you know, that's it's like I like, I don't, I don't even like when Liz eats, you know, eats Cheetos in bed or watch it, you know.
0: Not bringing things. I don't eat in bed. I did it one time. I had my period. I was dying.
1: Yeah. And I know you get the cravings, but I mean, I mean, personally, I'm, I oh, know I'm saying that I'm some people, some people are fine with that. Some people think it's okay. To, you know, many people don't care if you like eating, again, chips and they're, they're getting in.
0: You wait until we're recording the podcast to bring up something that I do that you clearly fucking hate. Instead of bringing it up I, in our therapy, no, why no, if, do you do this week after week? It makes no, literally if, no sense to me.
1: If you let me get a word in, what I was going to say uh, is I
0: do let you get a word in.
1: No, what uh, what I'm going to say is I feel that I'm I'm actually the a little bit intolerant in this case, like. I feel like I need to do a bit better based on feedback that you and Joyce have given me.
0: I would call Um, you a lot intolerant. That's not a little intolerant, a lot intolerant. That's what I would call you.
1: So. Anyway, because many people, many people don't mind. Like for me, it, it, it just bothers me a little bit and I need to get past that, I think but whereas like many people don't mind if eating, you're eating chips and cheetos and Doritos and hot dogs in bed yeah. and you're spilling spilling it in the sheets some right. people don't mind that
0: hmm? hey you weren't even listening to me because you wouldn't stop talking well i told you maybe we should just have separate bedrooms that way i can eat in my bed and you can fucking be all wrapped up tight like mental, like patient and how you like to have the sheets all tucked in weirdo
1: no it's not that like we sharing sharing a bed is what makes us a a tight-knit couple but i just i expect that when i roll over in bed i'm not gonna get like cheetos on my face
0: oh but you're so exaggerating here there's like a one crumb one time I wipe the Cheeto dust on the side of the bed, Harry, on the sheets, like what down yeah, where it's a, bed.
1: like you. Do, do you wipe your face down there? No, but it's a white yeah. sheet. You're staining the sheets when you do that.
0: No, I'm not staining the sheets. It comes out. You don't even do the laundry. How would you know what sheets what sheets are stained?
1: Well, it's like if you know people see those sheets, they'll assume like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. How you've got like orange on the side of uh, side of the white sheet? Is that deliberate? What? No, it's
0: Cheeto dust. Grab anyone over
1: no but i'm just like if my mom comes to stay
0: never coming to stay
1: uh, i will burn the
0: house down before linda comes for an extended visit come on no there's a hotel there's a red lion in down the street she can stay there it's fine
1: well yeah she might have to yeah if that's if that's how you're gonna treat her
0: no Um, i will be lovely um, because i have a thing about having people in my house you know that i love entertaining i love throwing parties people staying there overnight i can't deal with it people using my bathroom i can't deal with it
1: and you know that
0: and you know that
1: but my yeah no i don't want to look i i I think when she comes
0: comes, my bathroom that's disgusting
1: well you know when she comes we we'll stay at the red lion
0: no 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 fucking way no why can't you just go home and visit her she doesn't need to come here doesn't want to come here harry we you've lived here for what six years she's never come to visit she doesn't want to come just let her stay she does she She does no
1: you know i just i keep saying i'll buy her a ticket and you know money's tight and it doesn't happen you know but i want it you know she you know she loves she loves you and she wants to say say you guys she wants to
0: i'll come time with us australia i'll go to her but i don't i can't have I can't have someone staying in my house for weeks on it that is like not gonna work for me we don't have a big enough house nope. a bigger house and i could have He's... really intense alone time like i could not see her for like five or six hours and it's not personal here it's not just her it's anyone i wouldn't have. i know
1: that. but that's what i'm suggesting i'm suggesting she has our marital bed and 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 no uh, no. no she no wait wait she no call
0: her marital bed that's creepy
1: She has the bed because it's bigger, right? And then we can go and we can share a double at the Red Lion.
0: That makes literally no sense. She is one, we are two. We need the bigger bed.
1: No, we need to we need to respect our parents, right? And I I think it's it's weird. Like this is a cultural thing, but I think it just makes sense in Australia. Like if your parents are coming to stay, you're like, yeah, have you raised me? Just have at it. You have the house. No, we'll stay at we'll stay at the dive motel down the road. No, I think uh, not too long.
0: Inappropriate. We could, I mean, if you like, maybe you should like, stay on an air mattress, but like, I just can't have someone in my house for that long, Harry. It's like, it just upsets my balance. I can't go about my day that I want, as I want. I can't cook the food that I want. Like it's, you know, it's just generally uncomfortable. And honestly, I don't even think your mom wants to come. She She wouldn't want to come for that long and upset the balance like that. She's, i mean would it wouldn't if she knew the strain it would yeah. cost you wouldn't want to go maybe you should tell her
1: maybe yeah yeah i mean would it what if we i mean i'm just kind of thinking out aloud out loud but would it make it any better if when she stayed we installed a security camera in the in the uh in the bedroom so then if yeah. you if you are like concerned like oh no is she sleeping on my side of the bed or
0: no, she's no like
1: going through us things then you can just <laughs> check it on your phone and you're like oh no she's just sleeping that's fine
0: i don't want to watch your mother i, I don't think she's gonna steal or be weird it's just this is gonna sound bad but it's like just her very presence in the house is what's upsetting just the literal fact that she will be there breathing my same air she's just around also you get to escape and you're gonna to go to work every day which means I would have to entertain her for an extra eight hours that you're not there. And that doesn't sound very fair to me.
1: Wow. I I, I would, I would love that if I could spend time that much time with my mother, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you're, like,
1: you should be, you're you should be answer. grateful for that.
0: No, I wouldn't even spend eight hours with my mother, Harry.
1: <sighs> yeah. But that's a different thing. Like, I think you, I think you guys could, you know, you could have a great time. Like, you know, just sit around chatting and, um, you know, watching shows together and no, yeah, you you know, you could introduce her to her. true crime.
0: She would, have, you could, she would have me watching Murder, She Wrote and like, ugh, like, um, Pierrot, is that the name of it? I even know that fucking old weird mm-hmm. detective with the mustache.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Poirot, I think.
0: I don't know. Anyway. She likes weird old lady television. She can't come, I'm sorry, Harry, just, you know.
1: Okay. we'll revisit this later
0: no we won't
1: i'll tell you one thing she's not staying with terry
0: as if i would offer why would she stay with my father that makes no sense exactly the family were barely surviving on gene's meager paycheck so in january 1985 he got a second job as a clerk at a freight company this meant that he was out of the house more often and Becky's sister B used that opportunity to come visit. And she, along with Becky's oldest children, tried to convince Becky to leave Jean. But Becky simply didn't believe that she was capable of surviving without him, which is so sad. Mm-hmm. Also, I know that I could survive easily without you, Harry, which is how everyone should know that I am not a victim of emotional and domestic abuse. So well done, Harry.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah exactly and that's you know i think that's that's a good that's it sounds harsh but i think it's totally like you've you've in front of other people said many times like harry i don't need you at yeah. all yeah and i we're just you know yeah. we're here together because you know because I, I like crazy. our relationship yeah and i think that's good you know yeah. it shouldn't be like oh, i need you that's that's desperate you know
0: yeah i agree at this time, both Sheila- you know,
1: like you could say, like, and you have said things like, you know, literally, you you are contributing nothing to my life.
0: I have, but not when you said s- something like that, no,
1: but I, but even when you tell
0: me, tell me said one something said like that. that,
1: but I always one took, time. I to be honest, I took that with a grain of salt. I was like, I was like, yeah, that's that shows that you're a strong woman.
0: I am a strong woman, thank you. I I'm a strong woman who would never say such a shitty thing to her loving husband as a loving right. wife I would never say that
1: but as a strong man I can deal with it if you did want to say it
0: I, but that's I, I don't know why you would say that I said something that I didn't say
1: you I, I paraphrased that you said something like something no, like that I don't,
0: I don't believe that I did at this time both Sheila and Billy's wife Renata were pregnant and they had similar due dates. Sheila gave birth to her son Michael in March 1985. When she took the baby to her parents' house for a visit, Jean took the opportunity to apologize to Sheila for abusing her. And he did it in front of Becky and Dennis. And he figured mm. that Sheila had probably confided in Dennis about all the horrific things he had done to Becky. I mean, had done to Sheila. I
1: mean, how does that, that's a, that's bizarre, isn't it? That
0: Yeah, he's, he's a psychopath. But Dennis... But how,
1: does that, how does that even come up in conversation? That's
0: I, fucked I don't know. I haven't, I don't know. He must have had like some weird charm or charisma about him because he was able to like talk his way through like the sheriff bullshit and the DHS. Like he must have been like somewhat, you know what I mean? I think he had like a cagey kind of maybe snake-like charm, but didn't fool Dennis though. And Dennis openly just rejected Gene's apology because he knew it wasn't sincere. And they they both got into kind of a fight. Gene stormed out of the living room, and he was he had become even more of a recluse at this point. He basically did not leave his bedroom and he refused to speak with any of his children or to his wife. If any of them needed to speak to him, they slip notes under his bedroom door.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Even even you at your worst would never do that.
0: Uh, thanks like, real vote of confidence. Thanks so much.
1: No, but you know, if you're, you know, you're PMSing hard or whatever you wouldn't, even you can be more sociable than that, you know?
0: Yes, even I am more sociable than an, an incestuous, murderous psychopath. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So, Sheila, you know, she has a baby. She's married. She's moved out. She has her own home. So, Gene doesn't really have the opportunity to like just dote all of his affections upon her and spend like alone time with her. You know, she's kind of, Sheila's extricated herself from this fucking psycho, um, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Jean became dangerously fixated on another woman, Kathy Kendrick, who was employed as the secretary at the freight company. He brought flowers to her at the office and he would just randomly drop by her house unannounced for coffee. And Kathy just eventually became more and more uncomfortable around him, uh, eventually to the the point that she reported Gene to their boss and he was reprimanded for his creepy behavior, which had spanned the better part of two years. He quit that company in November of 1987 and confronted Kathy on his way out of the office, saying it was all her fault. And after he quit, he still found a way to terrorize her. A few weeks after he left, Gene found out that Kathy had landed a new job at a law firm. And he began stalking her because he would sit in his parked car in front of Kathy's new office for hours, just watching her, which is crazy. I don't like that. Yeah, no. But in happier news, by early December, 1987, Becky had finally worked up the courage to leave Jean after months of encouragement from her sister and her children. Mm -hmm. However, uh, Christmas was approaching and the family had planned for everyone to get together since half of their children are, you know, out of the house and they don't see them as much. And it was kind of a rare opportunity for all seven of Becky's children to reconvene with the addition of all of her grandchildren. So it is reported that she planned to leave Jean immediately after the holiday. Hmm. So on December 18th, Jean drove to the mini mart where he had worked for almost two years to pick up his paycheck. After he got there, he, um, he had initially been scheduled to work a shift that day, but he wound up quitting his job on the spot. He returned to Mockingbird Hill and didn't tell anyone in the family what he had done. Instead, he kind of just threw himself into elaborately decorating the house in preparation for all his children coming home, you know, hanging lights and putting up the tree and that kind of thing.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: Yeah. So four days later, on December 22nd, Gene's four youngest children woke up early and caught the bus to school. The last day before uh, Christmas break, Mm. Jean Jr., who was divorced, uh, and his infant daughter, Barbara, had already arrived at the Simmons house for Christmas. And they were asleep in a guest bedroom. Becky was also asleep in bed because, you know, if your kids are going to school, it's like seven or eight in the morning, which is pretty early. Mm. Um, Gene took his revolver pistol, an iron pipe, and a box of rubber-tipped bullets. Which mm. this is important. Uh, contrary to popular belief, can absolutely be used to kill people because they are just just the tip of them are rubber, um, and they still contain a metal core. And the rubber is often just used to improve accuracy and distance. So, don't know if you knew that, Harry, but now mm. you do. Know him,
1: so. No, I don't know anything yeah. about them. So,
0: yeah,
1: it's uh, horrifying and interesting.
0: About you, so. Jean crept upstairs and loomed over the sleeping Gene Jr., his oldest child. He beat his son over the head with the pipe. Gene, of mm. course, woke up immediately, startled and in pain, and he attempted to fight his father off. Gene Sr. shot him twice in the chest, but his son continued fighting. Gene shot him in the face, and when he still fought back, uh, shot him twice in the head. So that's five bullets that his son just took. And the two in the head, you know, after that, he, he I think, died pretty quickly. Becky, who had been asleep in an adjacent bedroom with her granddaughter, Barbara, obviously was awoken by this terrible noise. Jean stormed into the bedroom and stared at Becky, who allegedly said, quote, please don't kill me, Jean. Jean ignored her and shot her multiple times. I think she died pretty quickly. He then beat three-year-old Barbara in the head with the pipe, wrapped a nylon cord around her neck, and strangled her to death. So probably in the span of like maybe 10 minutes, he's just killed three members of his family, including his wife of like, I think, 27 years of marriage.
1: Who gave him seven kids
0: yeah seriously so just, and now and now uh, he has three grandkids so for somebody that wants a big family you know you're welcome yeah. gene flew downstairs and began tearing apart his living room in an attempt to stage a robbery for the police to find halfway through he stopped sat down and drank a beer he kind of i guess did this to calm down and eventually, he dragged the three bodies into a wide, shallow hole that he had forced his other children to dig three weeks earlier. Again, oh. with the manual labor still continuing, and that's even darker because it's like, you know, you're burying your the children's mother in a grave that the kids dug. Do- like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. It's also how premeditated it is as well. is very uh, disturbing.
0: Afterwards, he drank a few glasses of wine and watched Wheel of Fortune, waiting for his other children to come home from school. So when Loretta, 17, Eddie, 14, Marianne, 11, and Becky, 8, arrived home, Gene met them outside. He said he had a Christmas present for each of them and he wanted to give it to them one at a time. He ushered Loretta into his bedroom while the other three children waited outside. Loretta had never been inside her father's bedroom before, and once she was in there, she instantly realized there was no gift and she tried to escape. She fought, but Jean punched her twice in the face and then wrapped a nylon cord around her neck and strangled her to death. Once she got kind of limp from presumably like the lack of oxygen to her brain, Jean dragged her to a garbage bin in the kitchen, which was full of water from the Simmons well. And be, like, okay, so basically this is a rural house, right? There's no running water. So um, they have a well out on their property. And Jean forced his kids to like lower buckets into the well and then haul water back to their house and fill up this garbage can. And basically, yeah, that's the water they would, like, drink and, like, wash their faces and, like, bathe with, which is, like, pretty, you know, disgusting.
1: Super disgusting.
0: Super disgusting, right? Yeah, so basically, yeah, he drowned her in this garbage bin. He then laid Loretta on her bed in her bedroom. He proceeded to strangle and drown his other three children one by one in an identical manner and laid them each on their beds. Afterwards, he took a break, drinking more beer and resting. He then piled the four bodies into a wheelbarrow and wheeled them down a dirt path to the playground where the kids used to play. He sat there for a while before coming back to the house. So there are now seven bodies in the ditch that his children have dug. So get this, Harry, he actually sleeps in the house that night, just in the house, you know, there's blood everywhere. He's just murdered half of his family. He just sleeps there, you know, totally restful. And on the next day, December 23rd, Gene drove to the bank where he kept a safety deposit box inside of it was a letter he had written to Sheila years earlier, which basically detailed how she had broken his heart, which is creepy and weird. But that day he flipped the letter over and wrote, quote, Kathy Kentrick was a contributing factor on the back of the letter. He then drove to Sears to retrieve a stereo he had ordered for Becky a few weeks earlier that had arrived. He drove to the liquor store and stocked up on the boxed wine that he liked to drink. And then he just stayed holed up in his house for the next three days, presumably blindly drunk. On December 26th, Billy and his wife Renata drove to Mockinghurt Bill with their two-year-old son, Trey. For days, Billy had been trying to get in contact with his brother, Gene Jr. Gene Jr., of course, by this point, had been dead for four days. This lack of contact worried Billy, and he told his sister, Sheila, about it. Both of the elder Simmons children drove to Dover from Little Rock within hours of each other. And Billy just happened to arrive first. Gene heard the car pull up to the house. When Billy opened the front door, Gene called out to him, saying that he had a Christmas gift for him. Billy walked through the house to his father's bedroom. Once in the doorway, Gene shot him at close range. Billy collapsed, and he actually, he fell forward, uh, hitting his head on a bedpost. post. Gene shot Billy again behind the ear to confirm that he was dead. Billy's son, wife, Renata, had walked and into the house. These are
1: his, this is, again his family just to remind listeners that
0: yeah these are his the, these are his children and his grandchildren like, i mean yeah. not
1: that it would ever be acceptable otherwise but i mean right and yeah crazy
0: yeah i know what you mean yeah it's like yeah and i am literally speechless billy's wife renata had walked into the house with her son trey like just after her husband so when she heard the gunshots she tried to run out of the house but jean caught up with her and he shot her twice once in the neck and once in the jaw Afterwards, he shot her twice more in the face, uh, and she was dead. And afterwards, Gene noticed his grandson, Trey, trembling nearby, and he gently called out to him, promising that he would not hurt him. Um, And once Trey kind of came close enough, Gene just grabbed him and strangled and drowned him in the water barrel, just like the rest of his family. Kind of a creepy detail. Gene arranged the dead bodies of Billy, Renata, and Trey underneath the dining room table. And- Yeah. Um, I think like within an hour, even really soon after he killed Billy and his family, Sheila, Dennis, and their two kids, Michael and Sylvia, arrived. Sheila walked into the house first, and immediately what she saw was Billy's dead body. Mm. She turned around and noticed her father sitting in the living room, grinning. Sheila, Mm. yeah, Sheila immediately started pleading with her father not to hurt her or her children. Jean calmly told Sheila that she ruined his life and that all of the murders were her fault, that she had driven him to do this. He shot her three times in quick succession. Uh, All the bullets hit her in the face. Sheila collapsed and both of her children were sitting at her sides, like pretty confused at this point. Dennis ran inside the house after hearing Sheila's screams. Jean shot Dennis point blank and Dennis dropped to the ground. And this I found kind of interesting. Out of 16 victims, Dennis was the only one to die from a single gunshot wound. Everyone else, like, took multiple bullets and took kind of a while to die and was, you know, basically in agonizing pain. Mm. After killing Dennis, Gene picked up seven-year-old Sylvia, who was technically his and Sheila's biological child, and Mm. told her, quote, it's almost over. He strangled and drowned Sylvia and then proceeded to do the same to two-year-old Michael. Once her two children were dead, Jean knelt down next to Sheila's body and stroked her hair, also repeating to her that, quote, it's almost over. He shot her again through the temple and also through both of her eyes. He crossed her arms over her chest and slid her body underneath the Christmas tree, wrapping her in Becky's favorite tablecloth. Pretty demented.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Afterwards, Jean wrapped his two grandsons, Michael and Trey, in garbage bags and put the boys in the trunks of two broken-down cars on the property. He remained in the house with the bodies of his adult children and their spouses surrounding him in the living room, eating and drinking himself into a stupor, which uh, so disturbing. That night, he drunkenly drove to his local bar and ordered two drinks. He sat down at a table and slid one drink across from him, which he reportedly ordered for Sheila. He cheers, slammed his back, and immediately left the bar, leaving Sheila's drink there untouched. And I'm thinking that that shows that he is um, obviously not in his right state of mind. You know, uh, the next or is he day
1: trying to pay tribute to her or something. I don't get that at all.
0: I I think it's like symbolic, but I I don't know. I think maybe he. I don't know. Maybe he thinks it's like some like a an appropriate end to their like quote great love story. Like I, you know, I don't know what he's thinking. He's a lunatic.
1: Crazy.
0: The next day, December 27th, Gene wrote letters and Christmas cards to his extended family. You know, the only family he has left because he just murdered his entire, his wife. And so how mother. many,
1: so, so far how many has he, how many of his family has he's killed five? I think.
0: So he killed seven? seven plus the two spouses. Well, So he has seven kids and he killed Becky. That's eight. Two of his kids are married. He killed the spouses. That's 10. And then he killed his three grandchildren. So that's 13.
1: So he killed Dennis as well, did he?
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Ah.
0: Yep. Ah. Shot him. The next day, December 27th, Gene wrote letters and Christmas cards to his extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles, etc he also wrote a long letter to Becky's mother and enclosed $250 cash as a thank you for all she had done for their family. He did not mention that he had just murdered everyone, so a little weird. Later that morning, he drove to Russellville, which was a nearby town where he had worked at the freight company in the minimart, and he was armed with a list of people who had wronged him, including Kathy Kendrick, the woman he stalked, russ taylor who had been his boss uh the oil company who according to gene never appreciated him salier his boss at the mini mart and joyce his boss at the freight company so at ten fifteen a.m he walked into kathy kendrick's office at the law firm and shot her in the head he left oh. and drove to the oil company and shot his ex-boss rusty taylor twice although taylor survived J.D. Chaffin another employee who Gene did not know simply had the misfortune of walking into the office at the wrong time. Gene shot him once through the eye which killed him instantly. As he was leaving Gene heard a noise and just kind of shot blindly behind him and he wound up missing another employee a woman named Julie Money by inches. The bullet almost got her but she was just lucky I guess. Julie Money called 911 at 1027 a.m., by which time Jean was already en route to the convenience store. Arriving at the Minimart, Jean shot Salier in front of another employee named Roberta. Jean shot at Roberta, but Salier, who was wounded but alive, threw a chair at Jean. Jean then fled in his car, and Roberta, who Jean had shot but she was alive, called 911 at 1039 a.m. and gave the police Jean's name. Gene drove to the freight company and shot his ex-boss, Joyce, multiple times in the head and chest. Miraculously, she survived her injuries without any memory of the incident. And so, I mean, he's accomplished all this in like a half hour, which is kind of insane. He's just killed um, one, two. I Three guess two? two people. Yeah.
1: And Injured
0: a third. Well, injured four more, I think.
1: Four, right.
0: Gene was sitting inside the office of the freight company as police arrived. He surrendered, and they arrested him without incident. He didn't deny anything. After his arrest, police descended on his house at Mockingbird Hill, and they found the five corpses inside the house. They then found the nine bodies buried in the yard and the two children stuffed inside the car trunks. Ronald Gene Simmons was charged with 16 counts of first-degree murder. He was given the death penalty after a swift trial, which prosecutors considered an open and shut case since Simmons, you know, he confessed to everything.
1: Yeah, um, and I mean, yeah. I guess he gave a lot of de- these details that you mentioned before, like...
0: Yeah, right, because no one else is alive to tell the tale. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they um, still, even the details he gave, it paint him in a pretty pretty bad light i would have thought you know
0: yeah it's again it's like we don't i don't i would be curious i guess to see what like a psychologist evaluation of him would be because like yeah you do it and then you just fully confessed everything and you're like yeah no i did it and i'm not a good guy and this is why like it's just so
1: yeah like crazy. you would think yeah you would think that he would like try to i don't know like you make up some some story that
0: right they drove me yeah. to it or whatever the hell. Yeah,
1: yeah or whatever, but, you know. It's, I know, so was right.
0: After his conviction, Simmons waived all his rights to an appeal, and he accepted his death sentence without question. Because, of course, this is the 80s in Arkansas. They absolutely have the death penalty. And yeah, Ronald Gene Simmons requested that the sentence be carried out immediately. Um, because I'm, I mean, Harry, I'm sure you're aware because we've done so many of these cases, but it's like, yeah, if you're convicted to death in America, a it's, yeah, it's like they appeal it for years and years. And, and honestly, like, even if you don't want it appealed, as soon as you're convicted, like an automatic appeal is filed on your behalf anyway. So yeah, the fact he's like requesting it, he's like, I don't want to sit on death row for like a decade. I, you know, I want it swiftly. So to that end on May 31st, 1990, Arkansas governor, Bill Clinton signed the execution warrant so that on June 25th, 1990, Ronald Gene Simmons was given a lethal injection. His body went unclaimed and his remains were buried in a mass grave. These crimes, as I said earlier, are uh, now referred to as the Mockingbird Hill murders. And Gene Simmons was posthumously given the nickname the Santa Claus Slayer. The frenzied right. nature of his crimes classify him as a spree killer, which is someone who commits two or more murders across multiple locations in a very short span of time.
1: I'm thinking, I'm thinking now we should have had a trigger warning before. Why? This episode. Are you triggered? Well, it's pretty full on, I think. This is, you know, not to say that the other ones are.
0: I I, I mean, I, like I'm full, though.
1: hmm?
0: I feel like I, I warned you. I was like, Harry, this is a dark one. This is a you know, crazy one. This is a
1: mm, true. You don't feel like yeah. it was enough. Well maybe. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, yeah. we can yeah, we can add one at the top. So yeah, listeners, that's the horrifying case of Ronald Gene Simmons. You know, I wanted to do that one because I feel like a lot of people don't know about him, which is good because you know, he's awful. But yeah, I mean, you know us, we, we like to cover like everything from the most famous to the least famous just as long as it's got a good as long as it's got gory details I guess that's what we kind of look for but
1: and I mean yeah it was strange that um I mean it is strange that like I didn't know about that one yeah you know like yep. I'm not I'm not I don't know as much as you about uh, this kind of things but I, I would have thought this would this guy would be like common knowledge given uh, how you know depraved
0: I know he was
1: you know but
0: yeah just slid under I mean, the radar. Maybe radio. that's what he
1: wanted. Maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe he wanted the some kind of notoriety in some way. And that maybe that's why he he did it. So maybe that's that's good that he's not well known.
0: Yeah, right. It's like all these. Yeah, it's like anyone that you know commits a mass shooting, they try not to glorify them because that's what they want. Mm. So yeah, listeners, that was. Uh, if you enjoyed that episode, please let us know in an email or. um in an itunes review please rate and review leave us five stars you know tell us what you like tell us your favorite cases you can feel free to what is the word i'm looking for harry
1: um share share and tell
0: your friends recommend it to us yeah please share it tell your friends share it on social media we are coming to the end of the first season of deadly ever after here but fear not we will just need a little break and then we will um we'll come right back with season two. So our next episode will be our, um, our last for the season.
1: Yeah. And we'll, you know, we'll, it'll be good to take a break and, you know, um, you know, Elizabeth will have more time to, you know, research uh, different Mm -hmm. cases, you know, that's, you know, your favorite thing to do. And like, we can think about, you know, some cool merch we'll, we'll maybe we can bring out, you know, just try to, yeah, just try to give back to the fans, you know, so totally. um, really excited to you know keep this thing rolling on but we you know we do need your help and and you know she w- works really hard on this you know i don't in all honesty i don't i probably don't pull my weight quite quite enough like you're probably listening and you're thinking this is like a 50 50 thing but it really is mostly elizabeth doing doing the doing the hard yards. so i don't um, think
0: they think it's i think they don't think it's 50 50. I think they know.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. No, they know. Cause that, you know, they're, they're, you know, the listen, our listeners are sophisticated. I, I, I think Wait, like I from the comments no. I've got.
0: No, they are. No, Harry. I just think they can tell cause I tend to get a little um exasperated with you from time to time. And I think they just, they they can sense that I'm overworked. I think they know.
1: Well, well, uh, well, listeners, I, I think you're sophisticated. Don't, don't listen to what uh, Liz said. I, you know, you, you're not unsophisticated. You're, you're, you know, you're a smart bunch to, to, to be able to, you know, discern that. And also to just come along this ride with us and enjoy it. And we do want to give back in the form of great merch and mm-hmm. um, available know, for just...
0: purchase, not like giving away. Cause you know,
1: no, no. Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would, you need to pay of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We're not giving it. Yeah. Sorry. For, yeah just to make that clear um yeah we, i mean we do need to yeah it's just itunes doesn't really you don't make much money off itunes
0: well no all. but that's what ugh, okay we'll get into it off um like here i don't think i don't think yeah the inner workings of the podcast business yeah yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough yeah
1: so fair enough
0: all right, listeners. i just
1: want to make it clear i just want to make it clear that um i don't listeners i don't think you're stupid
0: you really have this unbecoming habit of like you put your foot in your mouth and then somebody me calls you on it and then you like do a full 180 trying to like take it back and it just makes it worse you know that have you noticed that i've noticed that
1: well i'll let let the listeners decide who called them unsophisticated
0: wasn't we literally have audio evidence wasn't me all
1: right
0: Okay, listeners, thank you so much for listening. This is Deadly Ever After. Hope you enjoyed that. And we will talk to you next week.
1: Next time. Next
0: next week. Not a jinx.